Friday there, John? Can you drive and do a podcast interview at the same time? We're going to find out. We are going to find out. I'll let you know. I'll tell. I'll say edit if something like bad is about ready to happen. No, I think we're going to keep it in. Um, and I don't go that fast. I don't go over, <laughs> I'll go over 60. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're listening, this is a special edition of Unicorn and His Little Buddy uh, SoCal Cycling Podcast. This is stage seven. I'm dubbing this... An individual time trial. I like that because it's a little bit different. We uh, this. If you're wondering what the sound is, this is the sound inside of a Subaru. The battle wagon. The we call it <laughs> the Cannondale <laughs> battle wagon. That's true. So for this week's podcast, I decided out of form and function that we turn the spotlight on our co-host. Form and function. <laughs> uh, the captain of the Cannondale. What is it now? Cannondale Ramona's Kitchen. Kitchen. That's Re- presented, presented by, presented by Capo. It's actually, yeah, Capo. it's it's Gary, one of the owners of Capo. That really rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Yeah. It's very European-ish. So, uh, so we're turning the spotlight on our guest is John Hatchett, the unicorn himself, four career wins. You might have more than that, right? I think I do, but okay. I'll, let's stick with four. 2019 Bracket Grand Prix winner, 2019 third place GC Valley of the Sun, and UCI Grand Fondo champion. Yes. Woo-hoo. Wait, that was only three. Wait, yeah, the, there's a fourth <laughs> one. I, I was just bringing some stuff out. Yeah, no. Good point. Good point. Um, yeah, so, okay, that was actually one of my... Wow, we almost hit this van. Good thing you're driving. And I'm not. Um, all right, so tell me about the new branding of the team. So it's Cannondale Ramona's Kitchen presented yeah. by Capo. So Gary, one of the owners of Capo, who has been our uh, clothing supplier for the last, what, five years now? Um, he uh, has always been a huge, uh, you know, he's Italian, huge food guy. You would see his post on uh, on Sundays and they'd be these big tomahawk things or whatever mm-hmm. food guys I know what though they know what those things yeah, are yeah, yeah. so he was always posting that stuff so yeah so he uh just this year he opened up a restaurant that catered to uh cyclists up there and in uh, the bay area yeah it's inland from the bay area okay, okay. though but um, it's not here in southern california not in southern california uh so he opened up this restaurant would you right, ever take me there possibly nice um <laughs> right before uh covid hit unfortunately um, and I think he kind of based it around like Google and some of those other big uh, companies up Tech there in the Silicon. There, yeah, yeah, they they have large cycling clubs and stuff. Um, and it's a place to either start the ride or end the ride or have like meetings, stuff like that. Um, very similar to what we have down here as Peddler's Fork. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Peddler's um, Fork has a mean brisket. Dude, really? Oh, my God. I have never eaten. I've had breakfast there and, uh, of course, little coffee it is stops. But. My wife and myself, that's our favorite... Uh, one of our favorite restaurants, and the brisket there is legitimately like Texas yeah. grade. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's really well done. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and the coffee there is good too. Coffee is very good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's where Ramona's Kitchen kind of came in this year. I mean, Gary, they've done so much for the for the team, and I like to do whatever I can do since we're not in that area. Um, 
to uh, just help promote whatever they're involved in. So nice. this year, yeah, this year we added Ramona's Kitchen to it, which will be on the new kits uh, coming out very soon. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously we are, we're actually driving back from Ventura. Uh, we're on the beautiful 126 rolling through Heritage Valley. I got John driving here. Um, we did a, a recon of this underground road race today. Um, that our friends um, Tori and, and Daryl, uh, those are the two people kind of. Yeah, spearheading. Daryl Halpern and Tor what's Tori's last name? It starts with a G. Uh, Gillette. Tori Gillette. Tori Gillette, yeah. So they're kind of spearheading this kind of great little. Uh, I think it's actually they're doing a three day omnium. Anyways, we wanted to check out the course and we wrote, there were a hundred people out rolling through Casitas Pass. And it was such a, it's a great it's, little course. Oh yeah, there was a yeah. lot of people. I mean, you can, if you go on Instagram, you'll see the video that we took of uh, the start of everybody. But uh, yeah, the cool thing was there was just so many different levels. Like yeah. they're going to have a women's, a women's field, a men's field, and then a U23. U23. Yeah. So anyways, that's what we did today. And that's, we're driving back and I just figured let's do a podcast uh, as we drive back. So, um, all right, John, what brought you to Southern, like, I just feel like you've had this long athletic background, and were you, because you kind of grew up in Florida, and were you kind of, in your younger years, were you cycling and trying to, to kind of chase a pro contract, or was, or did racing just really come as, like, you became a master's racer, or were it you kind of, like, chasing? I was, uh, I started off, I used to run 10Ks and ended up hurting my knee. And so the doctor is like, you need to build up the muscles around the knee or that. So uh, my mom bought me a bike, started riding a bike and having ADHD and that, I just, I have to focus on one thing. And if you I do, ADHD? yeah. Huh. And if I, I know you'd never know. <laughs> and if I do, <laughs> when I do something, this is what drives my wife crazy. I have to do it 110% or I can't yeah. do it at all. Yeah. I can't die. So I got into to, uh, riding bikes, got into a, a club out there, started racing, and was pretty much racing full-time back in Florida in uh, my late teens, early 20s. Just making enough money to travel um, to Georgia, the Carolinas, the Midwest. Um, and I did that for years. Yeah. Um, and there were no, at the time, there were very few, like, like real contracts to make a, you could make a living kind of doing that. Right. Well, this is the uh, 40s. Yeah. Le, uh, late, late 40s. Late 40s. Late 40s. Late 40s. <laughs> <laughs> we were going into the war at this point. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so I did that and then um, ended up meeting my wife. Our first date, uh, I took her to, of all things, a time trial in the middle of nowhere of, of Florida. <laughs> Sounds pretty romantic. <laughs> yeah, right. wow. And uh, eventually, um, she got tired of footing the bill and the studios were being built in Florida. And they called and said, uh, hey, we have a one-day job. Uh, might be a week. And she's like, he'll be there. I came home and she's <laughs> like, guess what, baby? I got you a job. Right. So that one day turned into two and a half years and uh, once I got started I realized I wasn't going to have the time to train and race the way I wanted to so I quit. Uh, we started having kids, um, got into the movie industry, ended right. up meeting people and making our way out here 
to Los Angeles to where it was like if we were gonna stay in this business this is kind of where we needed to be at the time right right so we moved the family out here um, started working and then about 13 years ago um, now when you moved out here did you move to Santa Clarita or did you live in like no, Los Angeles I moved look at this to, guy getting after it yeah right in the middle of nowhere he's got a boar is that it is Sagan? a boar yeah, yeah um, we lived in Calabasas at first and oh, I was okay. in I was doing uh, a job at Sony Studio, so I would drive through Malibu Canyon down to PCH in Malibu a lot of times if traffic was bad, and, and rather than sit on the 405, I'd sit on PCH and you could watch the dolphin play and everything else. And I used to think, man, this would be awesome to uh, to have a bike out here, because in Florida, all you really had were the causeways. I mean, right, right. our state road race was kind of out in uh, the middle of nowhere, which had a little bit of climbing, but nothing that kind of fit what I like to do. Right. Um, and then I started on a TV show, uh, Criminal Minds, and one of the producers and the cameraman at the time were big into cycling. And they talked me into getting a bike, and I told Lisa, I'm going to get a bike. She's like, you're going to start racing again. I'm like, no, I'm just getting a bike for fun. Yeah. Three months later, I did my first uh, CBR race and got second in one of those Ooh. little crit things. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and that was it. It was kind of game on again from there. The kids were grown up and kind of off doing their own thing at that point. So. Did you feel like, um, from your memory, like was there a big um, difference in the level of racing in Florida as opposed to Southern California? Yeah, the fields were definitely a lot bigger. Um, but back when I raced in Florida, it was pro one, two, three. Okay. Pro races weren't uh, weren't separate. So you were, you know, if you were a three or a two, you were racing with uh, with the pros. Um, so the pace wasn't uh, a big difference, especially with the masters races. It was out just the here. depth of field. It was just the depth of field. Gotcha. Yeah, and the talent. The talent wasn't as deep, but the talent that you raced against back there was legit. Right. You know, um, where out here it's um, the fields are just they're huge. Yeah, I want to. Um, it's interesting you mentioned. Okay, so kind of jumping around my script here, but um, for those who don't know. Like obviously, John, you work in in the movie in the movie industry on sets, and I um I had a friend. I worked in television for a little bit, and I was telling you came and worked with me a couple of days. I, I did. I would like to continue. I'm not it, very good at. It. I just wish I knew more. It but, was entertaining. It's a lot. Like, it's a lot like uh, riding <laughs> together. <laughs> um, but I remember telling my friend like, oh yeah, uh, my my friend John is a, a key grip. And I started listening to some of the television shows that you were on, Party of Five, Criminal Minds, Grey's Anatomy. And, oh, you and, did your homework, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, and my, um, my friends who are um, kind of high up in TV, they're like, they were pretty impressed by your resume, John. Really? Yeah. So I've like, gotten, I did. I've gotten very, very lucky. You've worked on some big uh, productions, so which kind of brings me to... And, and production dates, like, they're so long on set. So how do you balance, like, a 12-hour day plus a commute with training like i know like on criminal minds you get you were on that show for such a long time you probably had a routine that you got to settle into i guess we did well having uh having brian as my coach for so long brian mcculloch brian mcculloch yeah. at big, big wheel, wheel coaching, coaching. Yeah. um 
if anybody has like a nine to five job or that, and they want to be very, they want to be successful in cycling, you have to have somebody that looks at your data when you're riding, because we would have days where you get up. By the way, that raccoon on the road that's dead kind of, that's how I felt today. today. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to have somebody look at your data because what would happen is you'd get up after doing, like you said, like say we do a 12 hour shoot day. Now that doesn't include like your, with LA traffic, it yeah. could be anywhere from an hour to two hours getting your there and coming back. Your day becomes a 14 hour day, yeah. Yeah, so you're away from the house 14, 15 hours. Um, and then to, to get home and try and do a set of intervals or to get up in the morning, um, Brian was always very good at like looking at what was going on and he'd be like you know what you look like you're pretty tired let's yeah. knock off these next like three days forget the intervals get in whatever you can get in just to turn the leg type thing yeah and that's what's great about brian and joy at big wheel is they do take they're, they're not just like looking at your numbers and you're not just a an ftp number it's, no. you know they take into account like the um the stresses that are going on in your life right whether oh, yeah. it's work or it's personal and, and it's all kind of wrapped into a, a what I call kind of a complete cyclist kind of training program. True. Yeah. Um, so that helps. And then I, the guys that work with me, aside from you, <laughs> they've been with me for 15 years. Are you have a solid crew and all your kids work, yeah. work with you? Um, I got the opportunity to meet a couple of your boys and man, they, they I call it the hatchet gang. And it's, they, uh, they actually, they love the podcast. Do um, they? I was telling you, yeah, they don't Shout know, out. they don't know a whole lot about cycling, but they're like, you know what? They're like, we actually enjoy listening to that. I don't know if they're just saying that because I'm their dad. Probably. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, 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 they're not fucking listening. No, they're not listening. But, um, we got to go on there and look and see if they actually downloaded it. Um, <laughs> but, um, but it helps having people that you've, that have been with me that long because they can all do my job. So when I take time off to travel to, um, races and stuff like that it's nobody's missing a beat they might be missing the the humor and the practical jokes that we do but aside from that they can do my job um, and so that really really helps or if I have to leave early to get home if we have like a big ride plan for a big goal that's coming up um, that makes a huge difference right so you're able, yeah, you were able to kind of balance it out on some of those longer shows yeah. where, yeah. And then, and then on, didn't you bring like your bike to work? Oh yeah. On Criminal Minds, I would either ride to work because one of my favorite climbing routes uh, takes us into Glendale. So I would either ride to work sometimes or ride home from work or um, I'd have one of the boys drop me off like halfway. And once I got into the canyons, you know, if it got dark and you had lights and stuff, you were, you were safe back there because yeah. there's no traffic whatsoever. Um, or I take my trainer and set it up. But we, after you've done a show for that long, it's so dialed in yeah, that yeah, yeah. a yeah. lot of times our days are a little bit shorter or you're able to uh, figure out ways to kind of fit in a little something here or there to kind of keep, right. not like you're bumping the fitness up, but you're at least able to keep Maintain that. something, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then didn't one of the actors on that show get into cycling? Cause yeah, of, because, I actually... Would it say because of you? Um, no, actually, Shamar. Um, Shamar was a, he one was of the guys one of our actors, okay. and the first team that I raced with, um, their charity was MS, and so like my second year into racing, which was our like season two or three, 
season three, I think, I was telling him, it's like, look, our charity is MS. They do this big ride here in Southern California. Southern California has a huge MS chapter. I'm like, it's a perfect avenue for you to kind of step away from your acting role or whatever um, because his mother had MS. And oh, wow. I said, we could start doing this. And he was, he had like a gravel bike or a hybrid bike. I forget what it was. Um, but we got him hooked up and we started a team and um, it became a huge thing to where we would get probably 30 to 40 people just from like the show with uh, uh, some of the actors, um, crew members, and then like family members and stuff like that. We would put in, Any you know. Teamsters? Uh, yeah, there were oh, some yeah? Teamsters, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, and we would do, it was usually... Uh, I, I, my, my joke is, if you walk on set, I feel like the grip department, which is like your head your head of the grip department, is the most fit guys on the set, I feel. Yeah? yeah I think so. Probably, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to take away from any anyone in the electric no, department or the Teamsters. Yeah, you're right, though. That's true. I feel like we're the... I'm not going to include myself. I feel yeah. like we're the most, most fit. fit. <laughs> Um, um, all right, but so. yeah, that's so. So yeah, a lot of the the actors and all that stuff would get in, and we do once a year. They do a big MS ride, and it turned out, it would turn into a huge thing because then people would say, find out that Shamar was going to be there. So right. then it just kind of upped the thing, and he, for quite a few years, he was like the largest fundraiser for the whole Southern Cali you know, California yeah. thing. And so with with your team with Cannondale, you how many riders do you have on your team? Six or seven? We have seven. Seven. We've had up to eight, but seven uh, currently is what we have. And I feel like you guys really like concentrate on um, stage races. I mean, there's very few and far between in the region, but the ones that exist, you guys like stage races. You like time trials. You like road races. I see a couple of the guys show up at the criteriums and stuff, but. Um, with we, that being said, like, what are the kind of on a normal calendar year? What are some of the races that you guys, as a team, kind of target? Um, it is like you said, we do. I mean, we'll do like a couple of the early season crits, sure, um, because you can you can go to like a CBR, um, and being a masters team, like half of us are fifty five plus and half are forty five plus. So we can jump in and we can do a, a 45, we could do the 40 plus, we could do a 45 plus, we could do a 50 plus, and then some of us can do like a 55 plus. So between those four, you could get in two to three solid races, which is, you know, an hour and a half of, of good speed work. And By we're not way, always- look, look where we're at, we're at- um, Piru. We're at Piru, talking Piru about, time trial. Talking about yeah. TTs. Yeah. Um, so we would do those the beginning of the uh, year, Pretty much, but then yeah, we definitely, we definitely hit all the road races in Southern California. Um, Valley of the Sun, uh, which is in Arizona, Arizona is yeah. really our first big, uh, like the stage race, which it's I think it's everybody's big stage race that yeah. they kind of hit. You know, a lot of the teams are out there doing training camps and stuff like that. Um, Tour of the Gila uh, is yep. another one. We had San Dimas stage race, which was another uh, big one. Um, and there were a couple up north uh, this year that we had uh, slated, but we ended up getting all the uh, the rain and stuff, and there were issues. Um, so some of those got postponed or, or put off. Personally, what's your favorite one? I have to say Tour of the Gila, although I have not completed that one. That what one. What about road race? What's your favorite road race? Uh, 
UCLA, I probably is only because it's such a uh, it's such a weird race because there's not a lot of climbing in that race, but I think it's a little bit of the altitude, and it's one of those races where um, there's no rest spots. Like either you're going up or you're going down, and the downhill is like so fast that you have to be on your toes because if you get if you come off the back on the downhill, you're not coming back oh, on. Yeah, it's hard to reattach. Um, yeah. And the one little flat section normally has um, crosswind. Oh, okay. Um, so I love that one. There were a couple, like the Pine Flats road race this year up north was an amazing uh, road race. Not, a, not, I mean, the scenery, but also um, just the quality of racing up there. Um, the, for, for whatever reason, the road races up north are, seem to be really, really hard. And I think one of the things, they, they have a road race every weekend, it seems like. Um, but yeah, I would say, I would say UCLA. Um, and, and do you guys go into that as a team with some tactics and strategy? And how do you, um, obviously you guys aren't necessarily, well, some of you are training together, riding together, but like how up front um, ahead of a race are you guys discussing tactics and strategies and what you want to accomplish as a team? Um, well, usually what I'll do at the beginning of the year, I'll have everybody um, give me a list of target races in which okay. they they have circled. Um, so going into those races, it's kind of, it's up to them to make sure that they're in top form for that race based on, you know, God forbid there's no uh, accident or anything like that that they've had to deal with. And then as the race approaches and gets closer the week of or whatever, we always check in and see how they're doing, if they are if they still feel as though this is a target race or stuff. And then um, we kind of go in and we, very rarely do we have like the entire seven man crew, but we always have at least four guys, sometimes five guys. Um, so if it doesn't, if, it, uh, if it's a course that doesn't suit a couple of the riders, um, being uh, a little heavy on the climbing or something, right. we will have those two guys uh, cover the early stuff. Sure, um, yeah. yeah. And then that way we're, we always have somebody up the road, we're represented, that way we don't, there's no obligation for us to do any work whatsoever. Um, and then we just kind of go by there. The, the guys, uh, the guys know the other riders in which they need to watch and who to mark. Um, and then, like you know, every race you go into, you have a plan, and usually within the first lap, it goes out. The, it usually goes out the window. <laughs> right. This this year, the very first race, Santa Barbara Road Race, was the the first one that we had where we had a plan. We knew who we wanted to get up the road and get in a break to, to possibly win. And he ended up soloing in with half a lap to go to win. Ludovic, yeah. It was my French guy, yeah. Yeah, the Frenchman. And uh, so that was the one race where everything um, worked to perfection, which right. is very... Very rare, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. I forget what the saying is, like, plans have to suffer the foils of men or something like that. I think, uh, it's out of my realm. Yeah? I have no idea what you're talking about, but it sounds good. <laughs> so I'm going to go with it. <laughs> um... Gosh, see, look at this. Our drive is going so fast, and I have to be careful here that we um, make sure my sprint point is... Uh, oh, so you, you're going to cut me off early? Well, Whatever, I dude. mean, it is a, it's, it's a time trial. It's an individual True. time trial. It's yeah. a little bit of a shorter stage normally. True. That's right. Um, so before we go into our sprint, now that we're in uh, these COVID times, 
how have you refocused your training? Like, what is besides riding with me and chasing me up right. climbs and chasing me at sprint points? What have you been doing to? Uh, it's funny because you know, for me, I was just talking to somebody the other day about this. How it it didn't really change. I mean, most of my riding is I'm all I do it alone anyhow. Right. You know, I do. Um, yeah, we never before we met. About... Yeah, before we met, we would never. Very rarely would I do a Saturday ride, or yes. if I come out, I would do like half the ride and then split off. You'd start with us and then you'd split. And off. I think it goes back to when I was riding in Florida, the bike shop that I was running. The owner, she was a racer as well, um, and her parents were very well off. And somehow she had hooked up with the Belgian national coach, and so in the winter times he would come over and live with their family, and he would go on rides and start coaching some of us um, and helping us out through the winter. And he would never, on hard days, he would never allow us to ride with anybody else. Because he's like, you know, you're only doing 50% of the work. Unless you're riding side by side, which never happens, you're, you're not doing your full workout. So hard rides, he would always make us ride alone. Okay. And so I think that just kind of got ingrained to where, and it's and I like going out. If I, if I get halfway through a ride and I don't feel like doing this or I don't feel like doing that, I can always just flip it and come home. Right, right. Um, whereas if you're out with somebody, then you're kind of obligated to do whatever they want to do, even if it's not best for you. Right. And I think that's a huge thing on the bike is, is just going off of what you feel. Not like if you have four hours on paper you have to do, even if you don't feel good, you know, um, doing that. Sometimes what it does is it put you in a deeper hole and right, that's that's right. another thing that comes back to having a coach and and being able to look at all that um but it never yeah the COVID thing never really affected me because like i said i love training alone um but i enjoy like our coffee rides and we go and, and talk about the podcast and stuff like that or doing a group ride about, with people like, our really hard training rides do what no, we don't have hard training rides together. We've never really done a hard training ride, I don't think. Today had a couple little efforts, okay. you know. I, we weren't together, but it had a couple little efforts. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because I was up, I was up, up the road, yeah? <laughs> nice. Hey, look at this. I'm going to go into our sprint, but before we go into our sprint, i got to put fresh batteries into my recorder. Oh, my So I'm going to edit gosh. this. Oh, my tight. And like that, we're back. So, I had to put some fresh batteries in here. All right, so... Where were we? Well, uh, you know, our drive here is actually coming to a close, so we have to go into our sprint point. Sometimes, the, you know, the peloton just moves faster than scheduled. That's, you're right. You know what I mean? Yep, and I like that it's happening on ours. So, here we are. Ten questions that require no thinking. Oh, that's right. i got to answer all ten of them, right? It's not Yeah, like... yeah, 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 yeah. I made some of these pretty, uh, you can bunt some of like these. Like my favorite color or something like that? Oh. <laughs> Mechanical or electric shifting? Oh, you know, I just started using the electric because I'm so old school and I actually like it. I'm going to have to go electric. You're going to go electric yeah. now? Yeah. When it comes to training, do you measure it in miles or hours? Hours. Hours. My favorite, your least favorite, what's in the bottles? Um... Recently, I've been using Scratch Lab, which I like. I okay. like the flavor. Scratch Lab, do you add anything in there? Um, to the Scratch? BCAAs, but no, not really. Other than that. Um, I think one of our favorite things that you and I, we love to talk about. Croissants? Well, besides <laughs> croissants <laughs> and French pastries is... Um, 
TV shows, what has been your favorite television series to binge here during lockdown? Game of Thrones, come on. Game of Thrones? You yeah. just watched during lockdown? Oh, during lockdown. Yeah, during COVID. Oh, man. Game of Thrones is a good series. Game of, yeah. yeah, it's by far my all-time favorite. Um, you know what? I don't know if I binge-watched a series. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark. That was a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. That's a must-see if nobody's watched that one yet. Yeah, that was. that's about the Golden State Killer. Yeah, yeah. scary. You'll lock your windows at night, no <laughs> doubt. For sure. Um, you haven't been doing this, which has kind of bummed me out. But, Dancing? Um, what? <laughs> Dude, that guy was mean mugging us, by the way. Yeah, because your he, earpiece is on. Uh, oh, he's probably... He's probably, he probably, he probably listens to this podcast. Um, you've been having a bento box on your frame top. On the oh, top two. yeah. You haven't been doing it, but what's your he, favorite he, thing in your bento box? Besides your 2.5s readers. They're 2.75, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say either my uh, Venmo card. Okay. <laughs> or uh, extra uh, extra food. Extra food. food. Yeah. Right, yeah. Just take my Visa card. Yeah. Didn't we hear that this morning? Yeah. Okay. We just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we're in the middle of the Tour de France. Who is your favorite rider in the UCI World Tour Peloton? Uh, I think it's hands down Wout Van Aert. Okay. He just uh, seems to impress everybody with that guy's ability. I mean, yeah. Uphill, downhill, sprint, Sprints. finish, yeah. doesn't matter. That dude can do it all. Gotcha. Favorite? So you had this kind of like roller coaster event recently where you're trying to find like Cinderella the perfect slipper oh god so what's your favorite cycling shoe <laughs> um you know I'm still even though I don't have a pair right now that fit um I'm gonna have to say Garnet Garnet it seems like every shoe I go to uh I'll try it for a week or two weeks and yeah and those that are looking for uh shoes go on eBay cuz I got a ton of brand new ones that are on there <laughs> right now that are like so cheap. Um but I always go back to my older Garnets. Um unfortunately they you know they narrowed that toe box for the Italians and they just uh, didn't work but now it seems like they're going back to a little wider so um waiting for our people here to get a size in that fit me. But, okay. Uh yeah that was a cluster. Um I would say that you're known, if I were to take one look at you, I would say you're known Johnny as Johnny Depp? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, now with that haircut, uh, Egon Bernal, but... Uh, <laughs> it's not that bad, dude. <laughs> I'll have to post a photo of that. Oh. Um, what's your, you're a climber, so what's your favorite climbing segment here in uh, Santa Clarita? Uh, I would say um, the creek at Bear Divide up to the top of Camp 9. Okay. I mean, that's so a it's solid... it's kind of two, two segments, Bear Divide it's, and Camp 9. It's kind of two segments. I think they have one segment there. Okay. If I'm not... I mean, you're better at Strava than I am. I don't even know what KOMs I have. You sit there and tell me, hey, you lost this. I'm like, I didn't even know I had that. Um, but that's a... I mean, that's a solid 45 minutes. I was going to say, that's a 30-minute climb for you. No, no? I don't think... No. 15 and 15? I'd like to say, I'd like to know, because because camp, camp 9 in itself is in the 20s. Okay. 
Yeah, thank you, though. I appreciate oh, that. That's what I think of you. I'll slide you a 20. Thanks. Favorite TV show you worked on? Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds. Yeah. All right. Coming into the, the last meter. How many the are I got? Meter last sprint. meter, what, I got three? Well, no, you got you got one more question. Oh, this, this is, is this it? is actually your question. This is two mine. people that you would take oh. on a recovery ride, any time or era, alive or dead, mm. in cycling without you know, in the realm of cycling, in the realm of not cycling. Interesting. Be, besides me, who would be the second person? Besides you, I'd take you along on my handlebars to film <laughs> it, and you'd be facing backwards, of course. Um, I forgot about that one. You know what? I would probably say my mom and dad. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, I lost my dad at a fairly early age, so we okay. never got a whole lot. And then uh, my mom used to come to some of my races, but uh, I was kind of, I kind of got rebellious at a certain point. Believe it or not, as sweet <laughs> as I am now. Um, but yeah, it'd be fun to to uh, to chat with them. With that perspective in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. I should have changed this to the last kilometer because we were doing a time trial. It wasn't a sprint. It was actually the last kilometer. Yeah, you screwed the pooch on that one. That's all right. But you a, know hey, what? That's the first time we did a, uh, a location one. We did a location you know? one. And look at this. We're back in town already. Yeah. That went by really This actually quick. works out good because we could take that little uh, gadget that you got right there. Yeah. Um, and do it anywhere after a ride, after yeah, a race, sit down with people, and I you am know. limited to two microphones with this little setup, but um, but yeah, maybe we'll bring it with us next weekend, and, and if we're all in the uh, the Birdworks battle battle wagon, maybe we'll yeah, it would be a treat. Be some hijinks that ensue. Oh, that would be a gem for everybody. <sighs> We'd have to make sure we got that on video for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so like I said, we're already back in town. That was a solid, I'm gonna say that was a solid workout. I appreciate um, Tori putting that thing together. I do appreciate it. Was not, it was good because it was a, uh, there's a couple little tricky areas. We had one uh, young fellow that kind of got in over his head and- uh, Yeah, he's okay though. Didn't hit the didn't hit the road. He hit the dirt, but thank God he uh, a branch on a tree stopped him, or he would have had a long uh, two story fall down. But Oof. he kind of uh, learned his lesson that you know when you're descending, you don't follow people and kind of get in over right. your head because right. things can go south super fast. Right. But it was nice to do that because there are a lot of areas which it's sometimes it's good to see those ahead of time. It's always good to go and do a course that you've never done before, before a race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you can kind of see the ins and the outs and that stuff. Yeah. Um, and you, for you, it's like that you see the best place to hand up bottles and <laughs> so on and so forth where you don't step in a gopher <laughs> yeah, hole and yeah, yeah, yeah. twist an ankle or something. I will say there's a lack of a coffee shop to rest at. That's on true. That route. But, um, but now it'll be fun to do one after next week's race to uh, kind of get an insight yeah, on how sure. it went. You know? sure. Well, um, God, I can't believe that was the quickest drive from Ventura I've ever been a part That's of. Because it was the most fun you've ever had. Uh, One being in the car with me, and then two doing no, this probably together. I had a lot to do. I had to, I had to freaking change the batteries and the thing that went dead. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to um, all the bike shops that keep the chains uh, from shifting into uh, not shifting into. I don't know. Spokes. Spokes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in cycle, CBS, CBS cycling. We have, um, 
Bicycle Johns. Bicycle Johns and the new Trek Superstore that we're going past right know, now. It looks past. like they're getting stuff up in the windows. Bars are on there. Yeah, yeah. Looks like they will be opening up fairly soon. Awesome. Yeah. Did you enjoy your time trial? I did. Thank it was, you. It was fun. It was a good time. Thank you, buddy. All right. Well, let's, um, thanks for listening. We'll um, see you on the flip side. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.